Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Well, welcome back again to the podcast. And uh, we've been uh, talking to David Susan. This has uh, been really exciting uh, and interesting. Some of the things that we've discussed over the last months and years that I've known David. Uh, one of the things before we get into the whole, uh, your book today, you had mentioned in the last uh, time that we sat down that you you did a lot of research. You spent a lot of time reading. You spent a lot of time doing a lot of research of your own. My, my question to you would be, David, how important is that in success? Is the reading and listening to other people and, uh, you know, digging in, researching instead of, you know, watching Law and Order or, <laughs> you know, doing others. Those are great things. But I mean, how much of your success do you accredit to those days and months and moments of research and learning? You know, the funny thing is I kind of took it for granted. Very important is the, 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 the quick answer. But I kind of took it for granted because, so after my my father passed away, I mentioned in the last podcast, I was 12 years old, my mom had not worked outside the home. And one of the ways that she struggled or, or, or was able to get through being a widow, she never dated, never remarried, was she started reading books. And she started reading books, inspirational books, different types of books on like Wayne Dyer, or transactional analysis or um, different things. That's what gave her the strength to get through. And she started introducing me to this stuff at a young, when I'm 12, 13 years old. So what happened, I kind of grew up with it, personal development. And when I was in college, I started reading more. Then when I got out of college, I started listening to audiobooks. I was listening to Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and different books mm-hmm. in different areas, not just, not just sales books, but personal development, professional development. And I didn't realize it until just a few years ago how big of an influence that had on me because right. it was planting seeds. And the funny thing is, all this stuff is, is filling my head, but I don't, you don't realize it till later where all of a sudden you're in a situation, a relationship, a business scenario, and all of a sudden you have the right thing to say or the right, right way to react. And you're like, where did that come from? And you realize, wow, it's the, it's the uh, culmination of all of the, 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 the study and the information. So for me, it's mm-hmm. been absolutely critical to build who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the diversity. I don't go to just one author or one type. No. So I'm continually learning. And it's my advice to my kids, it's in my advice to anyone I'm teaching or coaching today is continual learning and be curious and be open-minded right? because you can learn so much from other people and their view and perspective. Yes, yes. That's a great answer. Uh, you know, one of the things that my listeners need to know is that we don't script these uh, interviews. And so, and the reason, one of the reasons for that is because I really want to, people speak out of their passion. And to script it and prepare it, you know, sometimes the stuff that comes out of people's hearts is not genuine. And I want real genuine answers where you don't have to think about it. And that's why I'm going to ask you this. And you're not prepared for this answer because I've not prepared you for this question. But 
Why do you think people kick back on this whole thing of, of self-development? I mean, you know, me and you, we both authors, we both speakers, and we train and we try and get people to really invest in themselves and to read and to develop. Why do you think in our seminars and our classes, maybe 5% or 10% or maybe 20% invest in themselves while the others will walk away hoping that they got everything from a six hour or a two hour seminar. You know, why aren't people picking up books and reading and really pouring in and then complaining about their success? Well, that's a great question. You know, sometimes I think it's easier to be a more passive and to, to look for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to do that. It's, it, it's easier to, to flip TV on, to be on uh, Facebook, to go do stuff, whereas to learn and grow, whether it's a podcast, a book, an audio book, whatever, it, it, it takes a little more effort. And in a way, it's learning. It's not just entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think some are not exposed to it. Mm-hmm. They don't see the value in it because they've never experienced it themselves. Or they really just like to be entertained. Right. And how, they want... So, sorry, carry, no, carry on. No, that's all. I, I, I mean, just running up with that, how much of it do you think is also part of our society, instant gratification society? Absolutely. Where I want to get the feeling immediately and not put in time and, and maybe invest, invest and wait for a return. Absolutely. I, I, I think instant gratification is a big deal. And I think a lot of people feel like, well, if I need it, I can just Google it. I'll just find it on the internet. I get a mm-hmm. quick answer. But oftentimes, they're really not. They're really not getting. It's it's not the same. It, right. It's a one shot. Whereas a, a complete book or a complete training program or whatever exposes so much more. And there's nuance. Right. And there's blind spots. I like to say blind spots. Things you don't know, you don't know. Yes. And so, if you're only googling something you know to ask a question about. You're only going to get a question, an answer to the question you know to ask. Very good point. Yeah, yeah. Whereas sometimes books and other personal development teach you stuff that it's like I never even thought of that, and that's that aha moment. Right, and you know, Google and that is information, not real knowledge. Yeah. Um, I always say to my classes, I say, how would you like to hear a doctor while you're falling asleep in the operating theater tell the other doctor Google that? You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be, like that. Would no, it, uh, we wouldn't like that. No. But we trust in Google and all these things. So let's let's really get into that nitty gritty because obviously what we want to talk about is this amazing book that you've written. And I'm not going to give it away. I want you to give the title of the book. And then, but actually before you even give the title of the book, what I'd really like is what led up to this book? What was the, what are the steps for you to actually sit down and say, you know what, I want to write a book on and you will give the title in a little while. But what what is the le- factors leading up to this? That's such a great book. question. So last time we spoke, I shared with you a little bit about my background. And I, I did well. I was a top performer. I was either top 1%, top 10%. I always did well everywhere I was. And part of that's just my internal motivation and drive. But a lot of what I did was based on reading and studying and stuff. So I mentioned that I eventually went into recruiting and then interviewing people on their success. And I would interview people who were really successful and they didn't have the training I had. They didn't do the same thing I had. And I'm like, how could they be successful? 
<laughs> and then I did end up going back into the corporate world and I was I, I working for some big companies in software and I got to go on sales calls mm-hmm. with some of the top performers in the US. In fact, one guy was top ranked in the world with a $60 billion company, Wow! made a million dollars. I'm in a meeting with him. We're talking to a CEO of a very successful multi-million dollar uh, business. And I'm in there thinking, okay, here's a cool opportunity for me to see one of the best of the best in the world, right? High income earner right? and see what he does. And I'm in the meeting with him. I'm waiting just to be schooled by this guy to see, man, I can't wait to learn. And I was not impressed. <laughs> and I was like, you got to be kidding me. How could this guy be number one? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Then, so, and I've had a number of these scenarios. Right. I was in another meeting. Again, I'm with one a, a, a gentleman I'd met when I was recruiting. He was always making six figures, high income, always top performer, top 1%, 2%, everywhere he's ever been. So I'm, I'm in a meeting with him. We're meeting with a Fortune 500 company. Um, we're in this meeting. And again, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm like so excited to see him present. And I'm like, really? This, what? This guy? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he can't be. I'm like, how could these guys be number one? Then fast forward. I'm at another comp. I'm working, working at another client. I'm, I have a partner rep. So these are partner reps, right? right? Another right. partner rep. Yeah. This guy had been he had moved into sales. He had probably been in sales a year. And he ended up being a top performer. And the next year he got promoted. And the next year he got promoted. And the next year, and I went on the internet and go, just Googled him the other day to look at it. And he's now a VP at his company. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. I, I saw how he was. There's no, how could this guy? I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And I'll give you one more. I'm on the phone with this guy. And I'm talking to this kid. He's like 28, 29 years old. And we start chatting with him on the on the phone. And uh, I, I said, well, how do you do? He goes, well, I'm actually number one in the region. And he worked for a financial services company right. selling stocks and investments. And he's like 28, 29. And he's competing with folks who have been in the business, dealing with high wealth individuals for, for 10, 20, 30 years. And he is in the business for only a few years. And he's number one. And I'm like, I got to meet you. I, I got to meet you. How is it? I got to, you're fat. You're fascinating. How you could be at your age and be number one. So I meet him. We, we meet up at a, a local coffee shop. First of all, he walks in, he's six, five, huge, intimidating wow. guy shakes my hand. Right. His handshake is like a, a fish grip and he can't <laughs> even look me in the eye. Oh my and God. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. How could this? And so we start talking. I like, so first of all, this guy can't be the same guy, right? right. Bait and switch. Right, right, no, he's right. the same guy. And I said, all right, Tim, I go, <laughs> you got to tell me, how are you number one? And he goes, well, Dave, it's, it's not really that hard. I said, well, what'd you do? He goes, I make about, th- I dial the phone about 300 times a day and I work six days a week. Wow. I go, really? That, I go, that's it. He goes, yeah, that's about it. And he goes, but here's what's different. When I call someone on the phone who's selling stocks and bonds, And I'm on the phone and someone hangs up on me. They curse me out. They're mad at me. He says, I just say, thank you very much. I hang up the phone. I dial the next number and I make the next phone call. He says, what most people do though, is they let that get to them and they freak out Mm -hmm. and they can't make those 300 calls. And he said, but I don't let it bug me. 
So I just do the numbers. So what happened was, after numerous scenarios and interviewing so many people, what happened was I realized the best are not always the best. Right. And what I mean by that is the best trained, the ones that you think should be the best, the best personalities, the most outgoing, the most confident, the most this, the most this, the, they did, they're not always the best. What I found is the best are not always the best. And what I started to look at was why are these people successful? Right. What are the key traits? And what I found is there's three core traits. Right. And we're going to be covering those three core traits and or at least looking at them because I know that you're going to be in our next one giving the name of your book. I know my listeners are going, oh my goodness, can't you give us the name of the book? Well, I'm building up to that. You know, as you know, I just want to be real. And this is what this podcast is all about. Reality. We all we all have a story and we all have a story that can help someone else. And David's story is fascinating. And I love the name of his book because it speaks to me. I love what he's got. And we're going to be looking at that when we come back to our next podcast. So once again, thank you, David, for... Uh, and by the way, if you want to... Thank you for having me. Thank you. And if you want to, if you want to look up David, uh, and I'm going to be going through it again. David, give me your, give us your uh, website and uh, address and website is uh, davidsusan.com. It's just David S U S O N Mm -hmm. as in Nancy.com, davidsusan.com. And you can learn more about me and what I do. And you can also look up his book on the, on the, on the website and find out more about him. And if you wanting David to come and speak, I mean, he is a dynamic speaker. And if you want him to come speak at a, at, a, at a meeting or at your business and so on, we'll definitely give you those that information. Once again, thank you for being here, David. And we're going to, I promise my listeners, we're going to dig into this book. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Oren Rudolph.